0: here's what's cooking on the day sports stove a local hour we are talking r- the recap of Saturday's game against Western Carolina the preview of SEMO and we got on for the first time ever on the sports stove punter Jeremy Edwards that's what's cooking on today's sports stove local hour <laughs> Kenny looks sets it in the pocket, throws open receiver, touchdown! Colonels, we're not done yet. Our identity is: we're going to press for 40 minutes. We're going to play up tempo. We're going to play with unbelievable passion. And then our brand is the most exciting 40 minutes in sports. Welcome in. To an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Local Hour presented by IPM Pest and Termite, Central Kentucky's Neighborhood Pest Professionals. I'm your host, Vince Stover, joined, as I always am, by captain, defensive lineman, junior-slash- whatever he is these days Ryan Jackson hey Ryan how you doing man
1: doing all right and uh junior on the field senior in the classroom
0: that's right uh, and uh, yes and it's I tell you what I get so confused with classifications nowadays one of these days it'll feel normal again but uh, nonetheless uh yes and let's get start let's get the, the bad stuff out of the way uh Western Carolina Saturday night uh 2724 is the final. Western Carolina scored with, uh, I think it was 25 seconds left. Uh, you guys were able to march down quickly, uh, some big-time plays. And uh, and then, just with everything going on, the field goal did not go through the uprights, which would have sent it to overtime. Patrick, by the way, he hit uh, two earlier in the game. And I forget now, Rickson gave us the stat. Um, I think it was the fifth or sixth or seventh time that Pat had hit two field goals in one game. Um, he looked sharp, but, of course, the weather was nasty. Let's start with that, the weather. Uh, it was about the national anthem uh, that the rain started to come down, and it did not stop the entire game. No, the, the weather was
1: horrible, I'll say that. Uh, we were, you know, we go in, it was, so, so, was kind of yeah. sunny, like it was a nice day come out and it's a thunderstorm we're like whoa what happened (laughs) and especially because i'm with the captain so we took the the left because everybody else goes up the hill so we were the first people to see it like whoa what is all this (laughs) and it it was just uh it was crazy it was a bunch of rain sideways a little bit Mm -hmm. and uh it got cold It it was just nasty place time to play football but it's also beautiful at the same time
0: yeah now, it's funny because i I write an article, a recap article after every game, and i I write it all throughout the game. So I had my intro already typed out uh, about an hour before the game started, and it started off with it was a beautiful night in Richmond. And by the time the game was done, right before I submitted my article, I changed it to it was a rainy night in Richmond because yeah. it was beautiful up until kickoff. Mm-hmm. And then it was, uh, was kind of ugly after that. Would you rather play in the heat at Cincinnati or the rain like you played in uh, Saturday?
1: Uh, I don't think I'd change anything in the world than playing at home. Playing at home is always better than playing anywhere else. But, yeah, I guess I would take the rain because yeah. there's no way I could do that heat at Cincinnati. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was It was, it was <laughs> cooking there, too. <laughs> uh,
0: man, this Western Carolina game, you guys, uh, first quarter, it was all EKU. Uh, they did score yeah, a touchdown towards the end of the first quarter, but you guys just looked dominant. Everything looked good. First half, you guys went in up 14-7. Uh, uh, Patrick hit a field goal right as uh, time expired there in the first half. Uh, then the third quarter is kind of, well, really the second and third quarter, it was a punting competition. Um, a whole lot of three and outs or, you know, they get a first down and then have to punt three plays later. You guys would get a first down and have to punt three plays later, whatever it was. It was back and forth. I think they missed a field goal during that span as well. The second and third quarter, though, it was completely different than the first and fourth quarter. And I started thinking about it during the game. It seemed that similar to, to last year in that sense, where it seems like, You guys would get going, and then it kind of stalls out for a little while. But then, when the end of the game comes, it gets back going again. Is that something that you guys notice? Is it it, you know odd, weird? uh, I know there's not a whole lot you can explain about. I don't think. Maybe you can.
1: Uh, It it it's bad because it's it's not to how we play. It's not how we play to our standards. For some odd reason, we we are not failing. We're failing to finish. We're failing to compete throughout the whole game and that that's something we have to get fixed not as not only as players but as a whole staff trying to stay locked in for those periods of time but there's nothing that goes on during the game that I wouldn't say we were never prepared for I wouldn't say that we weren't ready to go out there and give it our all it's just at those point in times it just seems like that's when we're we lose a little bit of focus we lose a little bit of concentration we start giving up more plays and mm-hmm. that's where as a as a team and as a captain i have to get us back in locked in tightened up and that there's no there's no finger to point there's no exact one spot where that scenario comes up and it's his fault his fault his fault you can't do that we're a team and uh as a team we fell apart in those two moments
0: yeah and coach said it uh saturday night after the game he said you know we win as a team we lose as a team it's just that is that simple, uh, and I know there's frustration on coach's part, on the offense's part. The run game just could not get its its footing, could not get moving uh, effectively, efficiently at all either, and it's kind of that second and third quarter where it seems like that's where they really try to get the run game going, because you get through the first quarter and then they started to run more and it just didn't work, and then they got out of the second half, tried to run more, just didn't work, and, uh, and then it seemed like the first and the fourth quarter was a little bit more pass-heavy. Um, although let's give Parker his shout out, uh, his, his legs were working just fine on Saturday. He led the team 61 yards. I think it was, uh, and, uh, and he looked, he looked like the, uh, the athletic Parker that I tried to tell coach Parker is he's, he's an athlete. And, uh, but uh, I don't know, tell me, cause I know, I know coach's thoughts on this, but when Parker is running the ball, um, you know, I, that's not the game plan. But it's it's pretty effective. Uh so do you like it when you see Parker taking off? Uh it depends. Parker got like
1: sneaky little get away from the cop speed, if that's what I like to call him about that. <laughs> He's running like there's a there's a wild dog behind him sometimes. But I I think I think it's good because you see Parker run tough. You see Parker run hard every time. And that not only brings energy to our sidelines, but we, we trust Parker. Whenever whatever he feels like doing out there, we trust him hundred percent. And I, I, I enjoy watching the long runs because every time I see him hit the numbers, I think he's going to score.
0: Yeah.
1: And but that's that's for any player on our team. Anytime I see Jado catch the ball, anytime I see B. Sloan run the ball, I think they're going to score. So I, I have the utmost confidence in my friends and my teammates. But Parker, man, sometimes he looks real good running, and sometimes I'm telling you, it looks like he's running for his life. <laughs>
0: I don't have. I forgot to bring my notes in with me. But I think in the first quarter, if I remember it, right, I counted eight different receivers um, that that saw the field in the game. I think it was nine total receivers that saw the field as well. You brought it up last week that man, we got all this depth at wide receiver, and it's just trying to find a spot for him to get out there. And we saw it this week. Um, uh, uh, now, nah, nah, I just forgot his name, but I always say his last name wrong. Bed- Bednardzik. Uh, yeah, that's a good one, Eb Ethan. Yeah, um, he got he got a lot lot more playing time than he'd gotten earlier in the season. Four catches, sixty eight yards. We saw Mo out there, Bryant Johnson getting a lot of run as well. Burbage, uh, I was told he was kind of banged up, but he played some as well and got out there. Jackson got his first touchdown as a colonel. Uh, but Jaden Smith, I mean, we say it all the time, but this kid, I mean, he's elite. Uh, yeah. Ten catches, one twenty, a touchdown. Uh, made some huge plays uh, in, in this game. And every time I, – I was sitting next to a guy from Western Carolina in the press box, and I just told him, uh, he goes, my goodness, what a catch. I said, yeah, dude's a stud. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, Jaden Smith is a guy that, um, uh, honestly, I am a little surprised he didn't leave, and I don't know what opportunities he had, if any, to leave this offseason. Uh, but I was so glad to hear that he was staying. And we're seeing that he is that guy. Like, he's uh, – there. we have good receivers. I say we. You guys have good receivers. Um, but, I, to me, Jaden is clearly the best one.
1: Right. I, I think Coach Cox does a great job as the receiving coach of making them all hungry for the ball. I think they're all a bunch of workhorses, especially Ethan Mendarzik. He's been there the whole time. Quick little story about EB. I yeah. always have all stories. <laughs> when we were freshmen, uh, and not a lot of people know this, but uh, – we had a little bit of not a little COVID issue at one point in time. And we had some guys that weren't uh weren't sure if they were staying on the team at that point. And uh there was one practice I, and E. B, if we ever get him on the show, he'll tell you this. It was him, another freshman receiver, and two senior receivers during camp and that was it. Huh. And E B that's when E B that's when he went from Ethan Bendarzik to E. B. Yeah. For everybody else, because he was a walk-on who came in here and did nothing but worked, mm. worked his absolute tail off for anything, and he wanted anything he could. He started off as a special teamer for us, and he made some great catches on there. And now I'm, I'm happy he finally gets his opportunity to play at yeah. receiver. I know this is what he's been wanting to do for the longest time. And Jado, Jado's Mister Consistency. He he is uh he, he comes in every day, works hard, expects everybody to work just as hard. And I think that's what – I think that what makes that room so special is the competition between them and the love and care that they honestly all have for each other is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I, I know I, – I go down the hall I see Burbage with Mo and EB and they're all talking together, having a blast. So I, I just think Coach Cox has done a great job of coaching that room. Jaden's done a good job of raising the level of that room mm-hmm. to where – everybody should be playing as a lead as Jaden Smith. Nobody yep. out there is trying not, not to be second fiddle to anybody out there. And I, I love that about the receiver group. Uh,
0: you had at least five catches of more than 20 yards. Um, Jaden Smith had – he may have had more than one. Um, EB had one for 26. Mo had one for 41. Uh, BJ had one for 25. Braden had one for 20 as well. Um, and then we see Hunter Brown three catches 40 yards those were mostly early in the game but he's definitely holds his own out there at tight end as well and um Mena M- uh, manon is that he says last name Mina, Mina Manning. Mina manon okay. <laughs> yeah uh, he got his first official points as a college athlete two-point conversion catch and uh, he's been seeing a lot of time out there too of course there's injuries uh Reese has been out. Uh, but uh, it's it's neat to see the freshmen getting opportunities, taking advantage of the opportunities that they're getting. Right,
1: right. It's beautiful seeing uh, little Mina make some noise because I remember when he came up to me during camp and he was all scared and a little nervous because he went from coming in as a freshman, kind of like a four, yeah, to when everything happened, he ended up being like a two.
2: Mm.
1: And he's like, Ryan, Ryan, we're going to Cincinnati, and I'm actually going to get like reps, like <laughs> if reps, yeah, dude. Like, but he should expect to. I, and that's the thing about like young kids; they're they're scared, they're a little nervous to get their feet wet. But Mina is a mature one, and I'm I'm happy that he's grown and developed more as the practices have gone. He's he's a kid. If you watch Cincinnati to now, he's gotten better each week. He's got he's built a little bit more confidence each week. He caught that little pass in the end zone. You would have thought he was about to crap himself. He couldn't even celebrate. like. But he, he was he, he's electric. He's just a great guy. I love yeah. him. And he, he, he adds a lot to our tight end room that was needed. He, he's a bigger guy. He, he's going to do nothing but continue to develop for our team.
0: Yeah. Uh, Logan had the interception. There was a couple other opportunities for interceptions, but Logan got the one. And uh, But uh, each week we like to name a player of the game. Uh, sponsored by All Around Roofing. All Around Roofing, central, uh, locally owned and operated, takes care of all the exterior needs of your home, whether it's roofing repairs and replacements, siding, windows, gutters, soffits, whatever it may be. And uh, we've handed out three, uh, two so far this week and or this year. And this week, what I'm going to give it to is Braden Sloan. and uh, he showed his all-American kick returning abilities. Had three returns, 118 yards total. Um, really set up the offense and some great field position at some really important times of the game as well and uh, and so shout out to Braden Sloan being our all-around player of the game this week first uh, non-defensive player to get the player of the game this uh, this year so congrats to Braden on that all right Ryan it's time for our guest Uh, for the first time ever on the sports stove podcast, a punter is making his way onto the show. It's the one and only Jeremy Edwards. Jeremy, how you doing man? Hey guys, how you going? I'm doing good. Doing good. Thanks for thanks for coming on tonight, man. We appreciate it.
2: I appreciate you guys having me on. It's an honor. I'm happy to be here. Well you want
0: to talk about elite stats, Jeremy. Uh last Saturday, as much as we don't uh, we don't want to see you on the field, uh, I don't mean that in any any mean, meanness at all. But uh, you had an opportunity to be on the field a lot this week. Five punts, total of 244 yards. Three of them were down inside the 20. Your longest punt was 55 yards. Uh, you were doing your job to its fullest on Saturday. And, uh, and I felt it was important that we gave you proper due uh, for how good you played on Saturday. And that's why we wanted to have you on. Uh, and so congrats on the on the big game, man.
2: I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a uh, it was definitely a good game to get out there. And nice to see I can finally figure out how to kick the ball. So um, I'm sure the coaches were, were happy with that. Um But, yeah, really couldn't have done it without the coverage team, to be honest. Like, I was watching the film back today, and they made a couple of clutch tackles and got down there. Trey Gooden's lightning quick. So was Chiari. So they were able to get down there and get the returner's face and make him fair catch it and you mentioned logan blake before he made an unreal diving tackle so um yeah big shout out to those guys they're 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 the people that that keep me safe out there and keep me on the field
0: (laughs) now tell me what happened you had one where uh you punted got ran into and then they let jacob come out and punt jacob baker came out and got a punt out as well uh were you banged up or what was the situation there
2: yeah i um I have no idea what the difference between running into the kicker and roughing the kicker is. I, um, I had a chat to the refs at halftime and they said, Oh, well basically if you get hit on the right side, it's running into the kicker. If you get hit on the left side, it's roughing the kicker. Um, and obviously I got hit on the right side this week, but in week one I got hit on the left side and they still called the same thing. So man, i got no idea what they're doing out there, but um, they're doing it to the best of their abilities, I guess. Um, but I had a yeah, got a bit of an injury back in the spring and just landed on it a little bit funny on my left shoulder on, on Saturday. So I was uh saying some colorful words and trying to avoid the trainers as much as I could. Um and I didn't actually realize that I had to go back out there. So uh, they couldn't track me down. So they sent Jacob out there for his uh his first career kick. So that was pretty exciting for him. <laughs> All right. So yeah, that's an
0: interesting explanation from the officials, uh for sure. <laughs> Uh, especially when it varies week to week uh, and everything. this was our first time. we're not we're not gonna comment anymore on the officials, but this was our first time seeing the UAC officially UAC officials. And I know there was uh, some disagreements, needless to say, between Coach Wells and the officials and some others as well. But we will not get you guys in trouble and ask you to comment on that uh, today. But uh, Jeremy, the biggest question that we get, I had someone ask me, I told him you're gonna be on the show. And they said, my only question would be is how in the world does Jeremy end up in Kentucky uh, of all places, uh, Eastern Kentucky and Richmond? So I'm sure you've told this story before, but what's the story of you coming to EKU?
2: Yeah, if I had a dollar for it, I reckon I'd be, uh, I'd be <laughs> the, the number one donator on the team, that's for sure. Um, but uh, basically, like I was sitting around on the couch one day watching the NFL on TV and um, I saw the punter come out, and it was Michael Dixon of the uh, Seattle Seahawks, um, and he's Australian too. And I thought, oh, geez, I could give this a go, I reckon. Um, and I remember a guy that I used to play Australian football with, Corey Dunn. He um, he came over and he played at Iowa State. So I jumped on his Instagram and, and did a bit of research and found out that he went through this program called uh, Pro Kick Australia. And basically, they're an academy that teach Australian players how to punt a football um out of the pocket with a spiral with like the adequate get off time and and the basics of the game essentially um so I shot them an email and said I can kick the ball a a decent way can I have a go and they kind of gave me a gave me a buzz and said yeah come down and have a try out so I was lucky enough to get the opportunity there from um from Nathan Chapman and John Smith and, and Tim Gleason down in Melbourne Australia so I um I shot down there and trained with them for 18 months and yeah, I was lucky enough to get a, a spot here at Easton. And I remember um, waking up on a Saturday morning and get the phone call from uh, Coach McPeak at uh, 7.30 a.m. or something like that. And he goes, oh, you look like you've just woken up. And I was like, that's because I did. So, <laughs> it's um, yeah, it was a brilliant opportunity. And they're they are truly some of the best coaches I've ever had. They were um, they're phenomenal. Is the coaching staff connected with that program? Do you know, yeah, I'm actually the fourth Australian punter in a row that they've had from pro kick Australia. Um, they've got countless athletes over here all through the FBS, FCS down to division two as well. Um, and they've even got guys in the NFL, the most recent of, uh, of Lou Headley from Miami. He's, uh, at the saints now and came through the same program. Um, so they had Jordan Berry came over and, and then Keith was after that. And then Phil was before me. Um, and then I'm the, the fourth one in the pipeline. So it's a very strong connection there and we've got great relationships. That's awesome. Now, what was your sport, sport of choice growing up? Um, I played a lot of cricket. Um, I played Australian football from when I was 15. Um, played a bit of basketball here and there. Played a lot of golf. Um, anything I could get my hands on, really. I just liked being outside and, and playing that team sport environment. So I thought, oh, why not come and give this a go? Now, are you part of the golf group with uh, Logan and Pat? I have been out there a couple times with him um it used to be handy at it but it's been a bit of a while off so, so uh um i'm a bit worse for where i usually play the first six and then i get too frustrated after that so <laughs> <laughs> ryan what do you got for jeremy
1: So i know like punting's like a big thing in australia but did did you ever think of playing any other position like just think you could play college ball at any other position
2: um Honestly, mate, I, I still don't know any of the rules, so I don't know if I could play any other position. So um, I think I'd want to play a linebacker, though, just because I want to run into someone like that. I made one solo tackle last year, and it was the highlight of my season. So I just want to run out there and run through a couple guys, and I reckon that would be a, a bit of fun to play linebacker. There you go. You got decent size, at least on the
0: on the website you're listed at 6'3", 230. Not
2: 330, 230. Is that accurate? Yeah, I lost a couple uh, – lo- pounds over here I've lost a couple of pounds um so I'm more pushing down towards about 220 now but okay. I got told that I was, I was too slow so I had to drop a bit of weight so see if I could be a bit faster
0: <laughs> do you ever uh in practice do you ever go over to the tackling
2: dummies and the the different tackling tools they have and practice tackling um no I mainly just uh, I sit there on the uh at nighttime eating dinner or whatever thinking like watching the nfl on tv thinking geez that'd be great to do <laughs> yeah <laughs> i saw a
0: bunch of highlights of uh pat mcafee recently making tackles mm-hmm. and doing things after punts you know and the stuff like that and of course he's a character in of himself but uh um yeah when you look look at that what well let's let's do it this way uh dream scenario this season obviously punting is your first job but uh is it is it fake punt where you run, fake punt where you throw, or you get to lay lay some lumber, lay somebody out during a
2: return? <clears throat> definitely a uh, definitely a fake punt where I run it and I get to run someone over. I reckon that'd be uh like a joke with the guys like uh <laughs> that I'm gonna hit him with a little goose step or, or hurdle someone on the running up the sideline. So I reckon fake punt and running around and, and try and smack someone be, would be the ideal situation. I like it. I like that mindset, I'm gonna
0: truck somebody. Yeah. He's definitely hurdling somebody. He's hurdling somebody. Okay. Yeah. So there's great athleticism then uh in Jeremy Edwards. Ooh, of course. I don't know. I don't know Oof. about that. But... He's gonna sell himself short. He's a heck of an athlete. <laughs> All right. I I wanna see this hurdle now. Now I'm looking forward to this. Um, we got to see this cover. I, I'll make sure I'll I'll put in a word uh, with the coaching staff. Hey, let them run a fake punt. Um, <laughs> appreciate it. Listen to me, but I'll still I'll still tell them. Uh, needless to say, uh, was this your best total game this past weekend uh, of your college career?
2: Um, I think so. Um, I don't know straight off the top of my head, but um, but yeah, everyone was fairly happy with me and and um and fairly happy with my performance. But yeah, it's it's pretty tough to be kind of like focused on that when you, when your team couldn't get the win. I think right. that was the biggest thing that I kind of took away from it was like, you always think to yourself like, Oh, maybe if I kicked it a bit further or maybe if they didn't return it, those, I think the return had a, a couple yards on me or something. And my, my net wasn't as high as I wanted it to be. Um, I think there's a lot of what ifs around it as opposed to like celebrating with the team. Um, it's kind of hard, hard to be um, pretty happy with yourself when everyone else is fairly down. So it's, you just try and rally around the guys and, and keep everyone nice and close connected, and um, make sure everyone's uplifted. Um, what is
0: uh, I'll think? My mind just went blank at what I was going to ask you. Um, I'm going to think on it. Any, Ryan, what else you got for Jeremy? Uh, Jeremy, uh, who
1: has you've been in the states for a year now, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Who who has better food? And if 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 it's mm. back home, what's the, what's the go to or like main
2: meal? golly that's the that's the golden question isn't it um it's tough to say like who's got the better food because definitely like i've been caught in the two minds of wanting to eat healthy and stay in shape but want to make the most of the american uh, american delicacies out here while well, i'm out here like outback steakhouse and the dunkin donuts as well um but there's definitely a few a few things that I miss from back home um, that I did indulge in quite a bit when I was when I was back home with the with the family and everyone. Um, meat pies has got to be up there. You ask any Australian, they'll say the exact same thing. Um, and definitely a chicken parma from the uh, the local pub. You can't go wrong with that. So I tried to have one from Olive Garden, but it just didn't compare. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So, what is the life of a
0: punter? Um, you know, what's practice look like for you? Because obviously you practice, but if anyone's been out to practice, uh, you, Pat, the other kickers, uh, even long snappers, they kind of you kind of do your own thing. It seems like uh, so. So, what's it like being a life of a punter in practice and during the season?
2: Yeah, it's a uh, pretty simply put. I'll never complain about it. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> we like to. Everyone else kind of stays down on the two game fields and we go up to the uh, the grass rugby field at the top and it's a lot of technique work. Um, it's hard to kind of go out and obviously we don't have different plays to run and everything. So it's just perfecting your craft as such. Um, so you, you're doing a lot of the same stuff repetitively um, and trying to make sure that you kind of stay in touch with what you're doing. Um, but then like there's there's an even balance that you have to have between overdoing it and and not trying to kick 100 balls a day um, as opposed to getting good quality reps in. So I think that's something we've definitely highlighted this year. Last year, we we kind of went volume over uh, over quality. And this year, we've definitely tried to take more um, intentional reps and get more out of what we're doing at practice as opposed to just trying to get as much in as we possibly can. So it's, it's definitely good quality reps. Um, we're up there with our Our strength coach he keeps an eye on us while we're up there and keeps us in check so we're um we're making sure to to take good quality reps and really work on our uh work on our craft rather than just trying to kick the ball a thousand yards every time so
0: what what gets the most sore uh i mean is it the foot from where you're having the contact is it the leg that just gets fatigued like as you're going through all these uh uh the process of
2: practice yeah it's definitely the hamstrings um i've got the flexibility of a dry stick so it's um i got to make sure that I'm rolling out as often as I can and, and staying flexible. Um, but just with that volume, as I was saying, like if you go out there and try to kick as many balls as you possibly can, your hamstrings are just going to get torn to pieces. So you you want to make sure that you're keeping that in check and, and try and take a bit of a break every now and then. So like maybe kick a, a set of 10 balls or five balls or such, and then work on your drops for an, another um, for the next half an hour or so or or next 15 minute period and then work on your field goal holds as well so it's um it's definitely the hamstrings that take the most toll um but with the kickers they seem to um they seem to get pretty sore in their hips and their quads as well so
0: uh well we're, i'm looking forward to this hurdle i'm still i'm, I'm stuck on that one right <laughs> now uh, i'm looking forward to seeing this this week against semo and uh, and you know I, now let me ask you this what's the freedom that you have if any when you go out the punt, is there something you're looking for where if you see it, you're allowed to call, call a fake, uh, you know, signal a fake, or are you told what you're
2: going to do and that's, that's final? Um, Me and Coach Day have a pretty good relationship. Um, We've definitely worked together pretty closely over the last few weeks. Um, Saturday, we worked together quite a bit and we've kind of got a, a really good understanding of my abilities and, and he leaves a lot of the trust in me as well. We kind of communicate on the sidelines and, I talked to him as to what I think is going to be the best to go out there and do. Um, And, like, on Saturday, I basically said to him, look, coach, like, it's not going to be pretty what I do, but I'm just going to kick it along the ground so they can't return it. That was the main goal of this week, especially after the Kentucky game, was just to limit as many return yards as possible. Um, So he definitely puts a lot of trust in me and gives me a lot of freedom to kind of call what I want. Um, But a lot of that kind of uh, second nature comes from playing Australian football as well, because we're passing the ball by punting each, to each other and, and running around with their head up a lot. So I try to make sure that I keep a close eye on the defense and what they're doing. And And there was one situation last year against Central Arc where I remember I took the snap and I looked up and there was no one in front of me and I still kick myself to this day because I, I should have took off and, and seen how far I could have gone. But I just held the ball for an extra kind of second and a half and then kicked it. Um, and I still wake up in cold sweats at night thinking about that because I, I just want to be out there running the ball. So I don't know. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, over the next few weeks, we can kind of have a, have a bit more of a uh, a freedom out there and kind of see what the defense is doing. And and who knows, I could be making that hurdle fairly soon. Yeah, that'd be awesome.
0: Now uh, you did transition uh, position coaches uh, this year. Coach McKeithen, of course, had an opportunity to go be OC, and uh, and he left. So, it, how much of changing coaches does that affect your off season? Affect your practice, all that kind of stuff?
2: Yeah. Um, couldn't think of a, a a thing that's not positive to say about Coach McKeith, and I love him to death. He was absolutely brilliant while well, he was here. He was great with me, and we worked together really, really well. Um, I didn't have much to do with Coach Day um, last year or, or through the spring. Um, so when he came in, it was kind of like an introduction sort of thing as well. Like um, I remember he took me aside, and we had like a 15-minute one-on-one meeting, and he basically said, like, what do you do well? And we just kind of communicated that, and and he gave a lot of the trust into me. And then through training camp, in the second week, we punted nearly every single day. And it was just him trying to find out what I'm good at and what I can do well um, and what I don't do well as well. Um, so it was good to to have that kind of mutual trust and really build that relationship on, factored around me as opposed to like um, bringing me in and, and going from never even watching a game of American football to playing in my first game last year at Eastern Michigan, it was very much like, all right, this is what we're going to run. So let's see if you can do it sort of thing. Whereas this year I kind of know the game a little bit better. So I've had a bit more trust um, in my ability. So it was really good to kind of work with him that way and, and and build the punt team around myself. So it's been good and 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 they are working really, really close together, which is good. Awesome. Awesome. Ryan, anything else for Jeremy?
0: No,
1: I'm all
0: good, mate. <laughs> yeah, <Hey>, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeremy, like I said, man, you had a great game, and I know the outcome isn't what anybody wanted, but uh, you performed great, and I think it's important that we always celebrate individual success as well as team success. And uh, I just want to make sure that you guys always understand that, yes, I understand you can't go out, you can't be cheering in the locker room after a game like that, but I hope that you take pride in, in what you're able to accomplish this week. Uh, you had a great game and uh, we're an important part of the uh, the team this week, especially. And, uh, and you know, like I said, I just want to make sure you got recognized uh, because I really thought uh, you, you played a great game. So congrats on that. Uh, good luck moving forward this season. And uh, hopefully we don't see you out on the field quite as much <laughs> as we saw you on Saturday, but uh, we got to have you out there enough to get that hurdle. Uh, so we'll be cheering <laughs> on every time you come out. I do appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me on. Not a problem. That's Jeremy Edwards, punter, EKU. Thanks again, Jeremy. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to preview what is ahead with SEMO. And I have sack celebration ideas for Ryan Jackson. Uh, That's coming up in just a moment. But first, a quick word from All Around Roofing and IPM Pest and Termite. That's myipm.com. And one more from All Around Roofing. Does the exterior of your home need a facelift? All Around Roofing has you covered. All Around Roofing is a locally owned company servicing Madison County and all of Central Kentucky. From roof repairs and replacements to gutters, siding, windows, soffits, chimney flashings, and more. All Around Roofing provides quality work and friendly service. Your house looking great. Call today, 859-489-5179 to get a free quote. That's 859-489-5179. We can handle your all-around exterior needs and All Around Roofing. And to the uh, Sports Nova Local Hour, presented by IPM Pest and Termite. And uh, before we get to SEMO, Ryan, I had this brilliant idea uh, on Saturday before the game. And I was like, okay. Sack celebrations. We haven't really got to see yours yet. The one sack that you got in Cincinnati, you were on the ground. You you had some fist pumps and some different things right. going on. But hear me out, think through it. You can be more creative than, than this. But uh sports stove podcast. So we get the sack and we start we start cooking some meat uh or something out there, flipping flipping burgers or or something like that.
1: I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed. I, I just gotta get I should have had one in this last game, that way I could have hit it this one.
0: Yeah, but uh, I'm
1: definitely not opposed to
0: cooking up some all right there we go I like it I like it so like I said you can you can take it and run with it but there's my idea uh, a little nod to the sports stove uh so a little a little grilling something cooking something uh I, I like it I like that idea uh all right let's get into semo the thing the reason people really listen to this show uh right there uh but okay semo uh you guys played them last year you guys won 2823 at semo Parker went for three 398 yards and a touchdown. He also had two rushing touchdowns. Uh the run game never did get going though against Simo. Uh the defense, this is there's good and bad here. The defense gave up 529 yards, but had two interceptions. I think uh I couldn't find the fumbles. Uh, but either way, you won. You only held them to 23 points. So uh, it doesn't matter if you give up 529 yards if you holding hold them to, to 23 points. So that was great. 2019 also at CMO, Uh was a loss that time, 31 38. Um, do you remember? Let's see. Were you 2019? Were you there in 2019? No. Okay. Uh, but 2022, last year, you remember that game? I'm sure. Sh- I'm sure fairly well. Yeah.
1: The fumble you're talking about is uh TK McClendon strip sack. That's right.
0: That's right. Yep. Uh, and I think that was the only sack credited in that game as well. Uh, but like I said, twenty, you held them to twenty three, you got the win. Um, this is a team they played Kansas State week one, got torched forty five nothing. We can't can't blame them for that. Uh, they beat Lindenwood forty five to seven, and then they lost last week to Southern Illinois by one point twenty six to twenty five. They throw the ball a ton. Uh, their quarterback forty six attempts last week. Uh, he was over 40 temps in at least two of the games so far this season. Uh, he had 251 yards and a touchdown. Their running back ran for 99 yards and a touchdown. Also caught the ball seven times for 51. And they got a receiver, Demoria Vick. They had another guy who I think was injured last week and did not play, who was doing well before that. But uh, Vick has caught 25 passes for 227 yards uh, and I think two touchdowns on the year. As well, Their defense has picked off the opposing quarterback six times and two forced fumbles last week and recovered both of them as well. SEMO uh, is and has been a ranked team the last couple of times that EKU has faced them. Uh, what do you know about this program, whether it be last year and what's carrying over to this year, uh, that you expect for this week?
1: Yeah, not only from uh, playing them last year, but also when they were recruiting me a little bit. Seminole uh, is a good, good organization. Uh, just a good team. Got a good foundation of what they've been built on. They, they like winning. They really, they really exemplify winning. And the playing them uh, last was last year. Playing them last year, that they're a good competitive team. Uh, good. We played them at their place. So it was a pretty good crowd too. Uh, just a nice little nasty little old line. Uh, the running back's a, a really good player. He's a bigger back, likes to run through you, past you. And the quarterback's tall guy, throws the ball really well. Uh, I think I think they got a good offense. I think they got a good little dynamic offense. I don't know uh, too much about their defense because I wasn't obviously I wasn't scouting them. But <laughs> I, I, I'll say they they are overall a great team, ran by good coaches, and should be another good matchup for us.
0: Yeah, you mentioned it. Paxton DeLore, the uh, quarterback, 6'5", 215. The running backs of the bowling ball type, 5'8", 222, uh, down there as well. And Hess, the running back, has been very efficient uh, this year. And it seems like, uh, with the exception of the blowout win they had against Lindenwood, it's basically Geno Hess and only Geno Hess as far as running the ball goes. They don't have a lot of rotation uh, back there at the running back position and, of course, the same at quarterback uh, as well. And, you know, the Salukis of Southern Illinois, they're undefeated so far this season. They were able to beat them by, uh, like I said, one point. They outscored them 13 to three in the uh fourth quarter uh, 26 to 10 in the second half. So um, that's how they ended up beating them. But SEMO is one of those schools that if you grew up in the area that we grew up in, Middle Tennessee, you know SEMO. Like, I'm sure if you're out West, you probably really don't know anything about SEMO. But down in this area, Kentucky, Tennessee, that kind of stuff. SEMO is a, a school you know about, a school that you understand, hey, this is a real a real threat uh, coming in. They've got a tough schedule, of course. They're going to play Central Arkansas uh, the following uh, game that they play uh, as well. So uh, what's the one thing that your unit, the D-line, has to do uh, to have the most impact against SEMO this week?
1: we got to do a better job of not only doing our jobs, but striking, trying to recreate a line of scrimmage instead of just being a part of it. Mm. And uh, we also have to get off blocks and get more tackles behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, I think our D-line's capable of doing that, especially, Not, I just think we're, we're that, we can be that talented. I do think me, Darian, and Marv, and all the other guys, I, th- I think we've put in enough work to where we should start commanding a little bit more. Mm. We should start filling up the stats bit more we can produce a little bit more volume
0: yeah i like that i was talking with somebody this week about the d line and the o line and probably about the kentucky game uh it was an alumnus actually we were talking about sunday at church and uh but he said he said you know at kentucky man the line both sides of the line did really well and i said yeah the same was true i felt like saturday night the same was true overall was i thought the lines they held their own but I, i think you're right i think that uh uh Getting those tackles for losses, uh, not just maintaining the line, but pushing through, and those sorts of things as well, will be an important part. Do you know is Semo are they a quick hitting team as far as the passing? Uh, you know, we talked about I think in I think it was Cincinnati we talked about where it was like a lot of three steps and balls mm-hmm. out kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Semo like that, or are they a little bit more? Normal?
1: They're more of a RPO uh, type team, so they run a lot of it's not three steps, but it's quick reads. Yeah. And uh they also throw a lot of shots. Like they they like they like spreading the ball out a little bit. Especially this year they're more of a passing team. But it's also just another team hungry for a win. They they then they need one just as bad as we do. And uh that that's why I know it's going to be a good competitive game cuz it's two teams that are really good coming in the fight. And I I I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't say Every team has three-step. Every team has five steps. So I couldn't tell you what they do more of. I know they like throwing it, though. And yeah. You know
0: yeah, and I'll give my prediction on my article this week. It comes out Thursday or Friday. But, um, you know, they play Lindenwood. That they that was a guaranteed win for them. They knew they were going to win that game. Mm-hmm. You guys don't have that on your schedule. You don't have right. that guarantee win. Um, do you think, and I'm not asking you to counter what the school has done at all, uh, so I don't mean it in that way. But do you think playing those at least one tune-up game is a positive thing? Um, or do you think playing what you guys are doing, going mm-hmm. Cincinnati, Kentucky, and then just rolling right into mm-hmm. it from there is, is better?
1: Uh, I don't know. It, it would it would have to be something you would have to look at the team you had in the future already to know if that's what your team is com- capable of. I I think – the way our standard is, and the way we feel about each team we bring in, we're ready to compete as soon as we hit the field. So yeah. whether that's against Lindenwood or Cincinnati, I don't think it really would matter for us. Yeah. I, I I like the fact that there's no slouch on our schedule. I like the fact that everybody looks at our schedule like, ooh, that's tough. It's not that tough for us. We just we're just there to play.
2: Yeah,
1: we're just there to compete with whoever shows up. It's not. It's not a who's ranked here, who's this good, who's that good, it's who's showing up Saturday to play us. Yeah. Type of thing. I don't I don't think I don't think teams even need the, the easy wins. I don't I don't think any win's an easy win. Linderwood could have easily came out there and shocked the world against them. But I mean, obviously they didn't. But <laughs> I, I I don't think uh I don't think that's a thing anymore for us in our standard of how we play. I think we're gonna play the best no matter who they
0: are. Yeah. Now, and I don't say this as an excuse. Last week was a tough week. Coach Kidd's passing on Tuesday. Uh, I know that weighed heavy on Coach Wells. Uh, I know that that cast a shadow on the program throughout the week kind of a um, – it just it made things tough for sure because uh, there's focus that had to be split on the things going on for Coach Kidd. That was, there was extra interviews. There was more media, all that kind of stuff. Um, they had the funeral today. Uh, tomorrow and the rest of the week should be back to normal overall for the program. Uh, Do you think the guys are going to show up tomorrow, like ready to go? Or do you think that even the funeral and all the, all the thought, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying this, I hope this doesn't come across negative. My point is, is last week was different um, Mm -hmm. because of what happened with coach kid. Do you think that Tuesday, everything resets back to normal and all eyes on one thing?
1: Yeah, that's what you hope. Uh, I th- I think our team actually did a really good job of tuning out all the noise, hmm. tuning out most of the distractions, because it, it was a tough week for not just us players, but our coaches who felt some type of way about Coach Kidd or people who had like some type of connection with him. Like, Unfortunately, most of our team really didn't know Coach Kidd like that. No, we know what he's known for and right. the respect that he gives, and he gets all that from us, but... I think we handled the distraction real well because I don't want to say it didn't mean anything to us, but it, it just didn't hit us as hard as it did for Coach Wells and Coach Johnson. And and not not saying that's a bad thing at all. We went to his funeral today, and I, I learned a lot more about him. That I I understand more why people love him. I understand more why he had so much respect. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And I, it was beautiful to see his family all there and all the supporters, the old players, the old just people that knew him. Yeah, and that 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 was more encouraging for me to be like, man, maybe someday we can leave a legacy like this. Mm. Maybe someday we can pull together like this and have a a gather. Not hopefully not a funeral. Hopefully not right. a funeral. But right. to someday to where me and my friends will see each other again. Yeah. So hopefully that's the the bond we made. But I, I gotta remember the rest of your question. Uh, do I think Tuesday will come in? I, I know we'll come in and walk in. We we're already ready for the next opponent. The The only thing we thought about is the sour taste that the last loss left in our mouth. We're we're ready for the next game. We're ready to get a win.
0: Does being a captain change how you approach coming off a loss? Uh, And what I mean by that is, you know, last year you'd had Matt, Parker, the other guys who are responsible for making sure that your mind is right and helping you get get past because you have to. Let's face it. You got to move on, right? You can't. You can't sit on it. Well, now you're the captain. Uh, right. So does it change anything about how you approach when you head into the locker room? Not not necessarily about how you approach yourself, uh, although maybe that would be included. But how you approach your teammates.
1: Well, take, after taking a loss like like that one, I understand why why when I was leaving the locker room with my pizza and going home to my truck, why guys like Tuck, why guys like Shane, why guys like Dak, Matt Jackson would be sitting in the locker room still sad, upset, felt like they gave it their all in a game like that yeah. and still lost. So I, I, I now I understand, Look, being a captain and being one of the older guys, now I get why that, that's so important, why I get why that, that hurt them like that. But uh, you just have to attempt to stay positive in in the mix of everything. You have to somehow find a way to connect to your team. Because I, I think that's one thing, uh, as a captain, I feel like, the one way I connect to my friends and my teammates, because I don't I don't really call them teammates, they're my friends. And yeah. I feel like they have so much respect. They know how I'll react. They know what I'm gonna do, what I'm gonna say. I'm I'm just trying to make everybody feel better. Hmm. Somehow, some way I'm just trying to make sure we're all on the same page. We're all still happy, we're all still joking around. We're all still we're all still friends. Yeah. And we're all still a team. And that's that's the the main important thing as not only just a player, just a friend, a captain, whatever you want to call it. I I feel like I'm real and I feel like I'm honest with everybody. So I honestly did not know how like, to react. And I think, I think that's where I need to grow as a captain mostly to be able to say something in that moment, to be able to do something more in that moment for somebody else. Who knows what me sitting in that locker after the game puzzle did to guys. I don't know how they reacted, but. Tomorrow, I have to bring that energy. Tomorrow, I have to come back ready to go. Tomorrow is a new day. Right. It's this it's a new day. And I hope, I hope that energy that I just said right there, I hope that's what people feel. Hmm. I hope that's what carries us on. I hope that's what gets us through the next week. I hope that's what finally gets us a win. Yeah. And that, that's just my mentality as a captain. I'll let y'all in on it. Like, I, I feel like I can do more for the team. I'm going to do more for the team. And, I can't wait. I, I, this week is going to be a special one because it's really going to test us as a team, and it's going to see it's going to see where we're really at because we still have everything right in front of us. Right. And if any of my teammates are listening to this stream, we have any we have everything right in front of us, and I, I hope we go take it.
0: Yeah. And you know, Coach brought that up post post game, and I was impressed with Coach's positivity after the game Saturday. I don't know what it was like in the locker room, but by the time he got to the press conference, I, I was surprised, uh, honestly. Uh, But he really had a very positive outlook on it. And he said the same thing. Listen, we haven't played any conference games yet. Um, That's still in front of us. Our goals are still in front of us. They're still attainable. We're still going to go out and do these things. Um, But, you know, and you've kind of brought this up, uh, but Cincinnati and Kentucky, you lose those games. You want to win them. You try to win them. Kentucky, it was winnable for sure. Uh, But you can walk away from that going, hey, man, no one thought we were going to win that game. Um, outside of the locker room. No one thought we were going to win that game. Uh, but then you go come away from Saturday, it's a different thing, right? Saturday is we expect to win this game. Our fans expected us to win this game. Honestly, I think that Western Carolina maybe even expected to win this game to some degree, at least at certain points in the game. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's a different it's a different recovery from coming out of UK, coming out of Cincinnati uh, because of the way it went down. Uh, last thing I got for you, I mentioned this before we came on the air that I wanted to bring up the game ended, uh, the Western Carolina, several of the athletes came running across the field. The way that I, that I define it is it, it seemed personal to them. Uh, was there any kind of bad blood before the game or was it just because it got chippy during the game? Uh, so was it just in game stuff that just kind of carried
1: uh-huh. it? I don't know. They were actually pretty nice to nice to me and uh, D-Bake at least. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they weren't. Uh, I, I got no bad blood with anybody from Western Carolina. Actually, one of my good friends is uh, the number ninety their defensive lineman at Western Carolina. I, I don't know. I guess. I guess once they they realize, hey, they finally beat us. Yeah. yeah. And uh, at our place. Yeah. And I, I remember somebody else trying to tell me they celebrated like it was their Super Bowl. That's that's whatever. Uh, I hate people celebrating on our field. Yeah, in general, no matter if it if that's how they want to act, that's how they want to act. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I I can't wait because I believe they're on, they should be on the schedule next year, mm.
0: and uh, let's keep that same energy. Yeah. And uh, I I can't wait to see them. Trust yeah. me. It it was chippy though. I mean, there was several yeah. several. Uh, not I'm trying to think. I don't think there was a lot of there's a couple personal fouls. There wasn't a ton, uh, but it definitely there was some whistles after the whistle kind of thing. Uh, going on as well. I know Coach, he was heated early on with a hit on Parker and a couple other things, but I felt like the officials overall were balanced. Um, I, I felt like they let the DBs get away with some stuff, um, which maybe maybe could have been taken advantage of a little bit more, but um, I don't know. We were up there watching. You know, We're not allowed to cheer in the press box. It's against the rule, uh, and we're not allowed to do a whole lot. But nonetheless, I made some comments here and there and whatever. And sometimes <laughs> the guy sitting next to me, the Western Carolina guy would agree and other times he wouldn't, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was an interesting game. Like I said, it had a feel, especially as the game carried on, it had a feel like it meant something. Uh, and I know they all mean something. I don't mean to belittle it, uh, but I, I don't know. It felt personal at the end of the game when uh, just the way a couple of the guys celebrated and, and uh, mm-hmm. some of the fans celebrated as well. Yeah. But,
1: yeah. Well, for me, it was a good competitive game between two good competitive teams. And uh, one, it shouldn't have ended like that. But uh, for them to act like that a little bit after, it's, I, hope, I hope some people took it a little bit personally because uh, it definitely rubbed some of us the wrong way. But like I said, next year is a whole nother year. And maybe, we might even see them again. Yeah. Who knows? I, I, honestly, this is the point where I hope they continue to do great. mmm that way, maybe we catch them again at some point in time.
0: Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and you know, and I again, I don't mean to to be mean when I say it this way, but um, you know, if you don't want them celebrating, well, yeah. you you just beat them, right? And uh, so next time, and that, you you guys are already there. So uh, another evening game, six o'clock kickoff again this week. Against Semo, I personally love the six o'clock kickoffs. I don't know, I don't know about you, but uh, it's because uh, there's I no know. air conditioning in the press box. So the cooler it is, the better. I like it. <laughs> uh, but like I said, I'll drop an article on BellyUpSports.com Thursday or Friday, uh, previewing the game against Semo. I'll give my prediction uh, there in that article as well. Uh, big shout out to Jeremy Edwards for coming on tonight. Really enjoyed chatting with him and uh talking with him tonight thanks to Rickson for helping us out with that as well uh thanks to IPM and All Around Roofing for their support of the program and thanks to our viewers for tuning in as well we appreciate your support met a uh listener uh on Saturday I was picking up my credentials and um as I was walking away a guy said hey now I know who you are and I was like say what? And he's like, I recognized your voice. And I was like, Oh, and uh, listens to the program. And uh, so I appreciate all of our listeners and uh, for tuning in and always enjoy meeting people who, uh, who listen as well. And uh, of course, always thank you to Ryan for coming on and uh, giving us some insight we wouldn't get otherwise as well. Uh, Follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at sports stove. If you missed any of the episode, you can go back and watch it on YouTube or the audio version will be out later tonight and you can listen wherever you get your podcast to the entire episode and all past episodes as well. Uh, Ryan, anything else before we go? No, I'm all good. All right. Saturday at The Kid. Call Raymond. Get your tickets. Be there. Be loud. And if it rains, don't leave. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but nonetheless, hey, thanks for tuning in to tonight's edition of the Sports Stove Local Hour. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.